This is E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune, where we bring you in-house expertise that serves all energy sectors. We examine emerging financial and technology trends and provide a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show as we continue to unpack important trends, technology, and major market movers for the larger energy industry, and more specifically, the oil and gas industry. So if this is your first time, welcome to the show. Uh, But I'll assume that you're a return listener. Regardless, make sure that if you want to get caught up on previous conversations or make sure that you're not missing out on future episodes of our show, that you're heading to our website, opportune.com. Again, that's opportune.com. On there, you'll find other episodes of E2B. You'll also find other pieces of content, including articles, videos, um, white papers, blogs, and more. And you'll also find uh, more information on our solutions and services, which will give you a better understanding of how we fit into all of our main discussions. You can also find more episodes of E2B on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So just hit that subscribe button button, and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations as well as notifications when we drop new episodes of the show. All right, let's jump into today's topic. Thanks again, everyone, for listening along. Today, we are going to be unpacking and expanding on more of a conversational way another article on our site. We've done this a few times uh, from some well-researched pieces from our team, and what we've been doing is bringing them onto the show, getting a layer deeper on some of these topics, and just making them also more accessible for uh, our audiences if they'd like you know, a different way to get into the topic and absorb some of this research and actionable insights. So with today's episode, we're going to be looking at an article titled Looking Back, Why the Pandemic, Extreme Weather Events Changed the Supply Chain. Again, Why the Pandemic and Extreme Weather Events Changed the Supply Chain. This is an article by Sam Stewart, and we are lucky enough to welcome Sam Stewart. He's a manager for the Process and Technology Group at Opportune. Sam, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you again for joining us. And again, folks, this article, looking back, is going to be linked in the podcast description as well as the corresponding blog post and article post. So make sure that you're reading along. There's going to be obviously some visuals, some graphs that we're not going to be able to represent here that I think will add some needed context. Uh, but before we get into the topic, Sam, let's get a little bit more background on you. Again, you're a manager for the Process and Technology Group. Just walk us through some of the uh, you know core expertise that you're bringing to the conversation today. And if you can, intersect some of the touch points where your work at Opportune uh, connects with the topic today of how the supply chain has been affected by some unpredictable natural causes. I started at Opportune about five years ago with a focus in supply chain optimization across all energy sectors. Um, I started in our process and technology group, and I worked closely with vendors to build a variety of supply models from multiple sectors in the industry. And then moved into right angle implementations where I did a deal configuration to assist in a company-wide divestiture. Um, And I also worked to replace a 30-year 
legacy mainframe system and, and get them into right angle, both, you know, working heavily in logistics and supply chain optimization. I've also worked in Salesforce, certified Salesforce admin and sales cloud consultant, and also a service cloud consultant. Worked on a couple different Salesforce projects, specifically from the process side and reporting. Yeah, and I'm really glad we're having this discussion today because, uh, you know, as much as this is sort of a retrospective, right, a sort of hindsight is 2020 style conversation, uh, the most important takeaway from today, I'd say, is understanding what was uh, impacted for good and how we can prepare and become more resilient against some of these, you know, market shift, these um, global economic disruptors that are hard for any one company to prepare for or to react to, right? And so it's probably easier and also easier said than done to build some proactive strategies to make sure that the worst aspects of unpredictable X, Y, or Z uh, is mitigated, but we'll get into what those strategies look like here in a second. But like you were saying, Sam, as most people have come to realize now over the course of over two years, the pandemic and also various extreme weather events exposed major deficiencies in the supply chain. This was evidenced by congestion in ports, uh, congestion in shipping lanes. We saw store shelves um, limited with key essential products, et cetera, et cetera. And that's like you said, just scratching the surface. Can you briefly explain what spurred on some of these supply chain deficiencies that we continue to see today, right? What are the factors that have created the lingering issues? Yeah, you know, I think most of the countries around the world have been affected by the global supply chain issues in some sort of way. You know, in the U.S., whether you're buying a car with a chip shortage or waiting on an Amazon package or even buying groceries, as you remember, there was, you know, definitely backlogs that affected us all. Many industries lack, you know, essential infrastructure needed to transport goods globally. We know that the global supply chain has always had its issues. As I mentioned before, the pandemic and, you know, some extreme climate events really pushed it to the brink. Many companies lacked insight into their own supply chain failures due to outdated technology or even operational issues. Um, even resolving this technology, these technological issues, you're still needing to resolve your operational issues as well. For the energy industry, it's always been difficult to manage the supply chain visibility. And the pandemic really just revealed these deficiencies sooner. Let's look at specifically the pandemic, right? This one is everyone's now, you know, top of mind reason why they're talking about the supply chain. Uh, almost every conversation I have about the supply chain, whether it's professionals uh, or whether it's an average consumer, you know, folks basically say, yeah, you know, I, either I had no idea what the supply chain was, right, if you were a consumer, or even professionals that understand the supply chain just were not thinking about it as, as critically of a uh, piece of a larger business strategy and sort of a um, a cornerstone that would either define failure or success, they just weren't thinking about it that way until we got this disruption from the pandemic. And a big part of that, you know, other than the catastrophic health consequences, were the various differing lockdowns across the globe. Can you expand on how lockdowns impacted our industry specifically, right? Oil and gas. So demand for energy and uh, demand for fuel for on and off-road uh, travel, freight, logistics, et cetera. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, lockdowns in early 2020 decreased energy demand, energy demand significantly. As you remember, I mean, people aren't commuting to work. They're not commuting for leisure. And that's both by plane and by your own car. The EIA actually details, you know, how how much the U.S. consumption dropped for petroleum products. And it had actually fallen to its lowest levels in decades. And of course, these numbers are even more extreme in countries with stricter lockdowns versus us in, in Texas. You know, it's really interesting, too, because you think about it from the refining side, how, how does it impact refining across North America? And the refining capacity or production, you know, dropped significantly, so much that five U.S. refiners permanently shut down. And it actually, you know, many would debate that those refineries were already on their way to shutting down, but it, it shut them down sooner. And two of those five were actually converted into renewable diesel plants. So, you know, in the end, the changes to demand and capacity really affected everything. And they even in- increased and changed prices across the globe due to all these fluctuations that happened you know, across the board. And, you know, we're well past lockdowns now in, in most regions. In China, we're still seeing various lockdowns. But for the most part, that era is behind us. Why then do we still see some of the lingering effects of those lockdowns? Yeah, you know, with, whenever you're shutting down a refinery, it's going to take a little bit of time for that ripple effect to move through. And so, you know, even outside of energy and looking into commodities, we had a lot of issues where, you know, with strict lockdowns, they were shut down. And now, you know, for instance, lumber, for instance, is, is something where these, these uh, lumber plants in different areas where we were kind of manufacturing that were shut down. And now home prices and everything's going crazy. And so we're just now seeing a shortage in these products because of a lockdown that may have happened several months prior. And so that's kind of one example, but it's also happening with, you know, refined fuels and, and other energy where, you know, things like being shut down last year, we're seeing the repercussions this year. As another quick follow-up there, it seems like a lot of that demand has returned, right? Or is at least stabilizing or close to stabilizing. Are there still supply issues as well? You know, especially in the context of sort of uh, the, the geopolitical you know, challenge that we're in with, um, you know, uh, Russian and Western economies Mm, being separated. How is that compounding with and sort of either adding on to or accelerating some of those lingering challenges that were due to demand? You know, basically now is there a supply layer as well? Yes, definitely. I mean, the big, the big place to look for this is Europe. A lot of their natural gas is provided by Russia. And so, you know, with all the geopolitical events, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, those prices have been driven up significantly across Europe. Now, the U.S. is fairly self-sufficient when it comes to natural gas. So we definitely seen an impact, but not hit as hard as the natural gas prices in Europe. And that's just outside of out of the climate uh, side of this that happened you know, last year, which we'll get into later in this, I'm sure. And really, it's it's just crazy how, you know, big of a big of a, you know, operation it is from Russia to to Europe that's causing these problems. Let's jump over to the other main point from the article, and that was weather events. You have a great chart in the article that I think summarizes the issue we're facing, right? It's an NOAA stat 
on just general climate averages. And it's stark, right? We see averages under zero degrees Celsius, you know, global land and ocean temperatures, and those slowly, slowly, and then rather rapidly go skyrocketing. You look at 2020 and you see peaks hitting up to, you know, about one degree uh, above Celsius in uh, temperature anomalies. So I'm curious then how that is creating weather events, which you, you know, may or may not be able to expand on, but at least if you could expand on um, how those weather events are then impacting the supply chain, right? Which ones have been most drastic and how do they end up compounding and even interacting with some of the pandemic issues as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, and the chart's great because it kind of just shows how much temperatures increased over the past few decades. Um, but we have been seeing both hot and cold anomalies uh, that have caused these weather events. So, you know, over the past two years, it's been a wild one with weather. Uh, in early 2020, I don't know if you remember extreme wildfires across the West and Northwest, where, you know, it was anywhere from Los Angeles all the way up through Oregon and even Seattle and then into British Columbia as well, um, which destroyed devastated homes across California. Well, this also caused major issues with rail, specifically rail and logistical cutoffs across, you know, places like Vancouver, Canada's largest port, Seattle, Long Beach, or Los Angeles. Many products were not even making it to port or making it from port into the country. And this is just due to those wildfires that were kind of going rampant across the area. Rail, you know, without proper systems in place, rail's not always the easiest to track as well. So this just made it even more difficult with diversions and complete rail shutdowns across the Western part of not just the country, but North America. Kind of thinking from a, a different perspective, in early 2021, North America and Europe saw unprecedented cold that you know shut down the Texas power grid. I don't know if you remember how, how big that was, where around 40% of, 40, 45% of Texas power generated by natural gas. And so plants were not winterized properly, cannot handle the conditions, resulting in a major failure across the region. So two completely opposite kind of examples, but both played a big part in, you know, very, very large events across the U.S. and Europe. All right. Well, now we'll jump into some actionable strategies, right? Because these are trends that, again, are very hard to predict, uh, you know, at least timing-wise. But what can be predicted is that challenges will continue, right? These global temperatures continue to rise. It's very, uh, you know, apparent that vulnerable communities globally are going to continue to be disrupted by climate change. We'll see more refugees, which will destabilize global economies, uh, we'll probably continue to see geopolitical strife, which is also very hard to predict, right? And so all of this is to say, yeah, you may not be able to, as an oil and gas player, know when the next hurricane is coming and how to uh, adjust, but you can at least assume there's probably going to be another giant fire, another giant hurricane, another geopolitical conflict, maybe even another pandemic, right? So what are some of the things that companies can do to prepare and better respond proactively to the next pandemic or weather event to uh, not only maintain their operations, but also retain profitability, not just kind of skate by, but actually surpass some of these issues. Yeah, 
Definitely. You know, as you mentioned before, it's very difficult to plan for unpredictable events that have been occurring, you know, such as a pandemic um, or, you know, crazy weather events as well. However, companies can be prepared. Um, At Opportune, you know, our group, Process and Technology, we focus on the term digital transformation, which I mentioned earlier. And for many of our clients, you know, it's really just the term refers to the integration of technology to help your business. And so you can ask, you know, many different questions of are your current systems operating as planned? Are they successfully integrated? Uh, a big one is reporting. Do you have reporting in place that allows you to collect and analyze your data across all these systems? If you're saying no, then you're probably not prepared for, you know, an unpredictable event such as a pandemic or winter freeze or even potentially day-to-day failures that happen across the supply chain. I'd also say that, uh, as mentioned before, it's, it's really important to close operational gaps at the field level. You can fully integrate digital transformation into your business, but to make sure that your processes are cleaned up kind of at the field level and that everyone's working together cohesively. So I would definitely say, you know, reporting, digital transformation, those are, those are big topics today that I think a lot of companies need to invest in. Now, does creating strategies that help maintain operations automatically mean that these strategies will also turn into profitable directions for the company? Or do oil and gas players need to think strategically about you know, how maneuvering these challenges actually sets them up to, you know, to increase their revenue or increase their profitability moving forward? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to be profitable when you're fighting fires. And I don't mean that as a wildfire, but I mean just daily fires of something's down or a system's down or uh, people are unable to log in or people, the communication aspect really hard to optimize your business and how to produce, you know, more profitable results when you are busy trying to connect your systems, trying to communicate, um, or even see in your supply chain. I know many of our clients before can't just open up, you know, their phone or open up a a Tableau report or some sort of reporting tool and see where they're at for that day. Um, So that's a very big thing. And it, it takes away from just productivity as a whole. What are some examples then of some of the technology that could support these challenges and better draw those connections between you know, respond, plan proactively, how does this grow operational efficiency, uh, but then also grow profitability, right? What are some of those digital transformations companies should consider integrating that could give them better insight into their supply chain, more visibility, to uh, more proactively respond to some of these disruptions? What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. First one, again, I'd say reporting. That's probably one of the most important. There's many different, you know, systems that will sit on top of your your ERP system or your ETRM system that may be existing at your company. Uh, Many of our clients that operate nationally or even globally, they require logistical metrics for things like inventory, transportation. As you mentioned before, you know, the financial metrics are very important for performance by, you know, department or geographically. Once you have that in place, you can then, you know, start to work on how to expand your business, how to build out business scenarios that may be profitable for your business. Another thing I would mention outside of reporting is optimization and forecasting. Those are also big, you know, terms that we've been talking about recently where you can kind of understand understand forecasts based on actual demand, not perceived demand. There's a perception of how how the demand is in a certain region that may not be the actual demand. Um, Another thing, you know, being able to optimize multimodal transportation. Now, when you say multimodal, sometimes that means several different systems 
So it is hard to optimize and make sure that's working together in an integrated fashion. So, you know, optimization, forecasting, and reporting are are definitely hot topics with a lot of our clients right now and, and things that people are beginning to invest in and all centered around supply chain. And of course, we got a link Opportune in here. Can you provide a few examples of what Opportune has done for clients in this regard and how that has materialized into some wins for your clients, if you can get specific for us? Yeah, definitely. Um, current client right now has a very large trucking operation that you know is across the, U- the United States. Uh, they were actually sending trucks across state borders, you know, and when I say state borders, I mean like Kansas to Arizona to bring product. And that's that's something that is not necessary when there are you know supply points that are closer to Arizona. So optimizing a truck fleet is just one example. And we did that through you know the optimization and forecasting that I'd mentioned, but also making sure they had visibility into their supply chain, their reporting. So understanding that I do have product available at this location, it can go, you know, deliver to other locations within its zone. Why are we going across, you know, multi-states to bring product whenever it's not a pipeline or it's not a rail car? Now, rail car is different. Typically that does transfer across state lines. But when it's a, you know, one truck driver, we really need to make sure that you can can optimize that. That's one example. Um, We've done it not outside of trucking as well, uh, where we'll basically implement a system like Salesforce to, you know, optimize the reporting from for executive level um, so that they can kind of see on their phone, pull it up and walk through exactly, you know, where they're at for that day, where they're low on inventory, where they have issues. Um, and Salesforce has been a great, you know, partner of ours because we've actually been able to go and implement things that are more customer facing. So my our clients, they have customers. And, you know, we've provided ways for them to log into portals and log tickets, log cases, and even create orders to lift product from certain certain places, you know, both centered around reporting and optimizing so that our clients can better their customers. All right, Sam, I think that about does it for our conversation today. Thank you again for joining us and giving us uh, this breakdown of your article and your research for our program. As we wrap up, any final thoughts and any final strategies that you can leave our audience with, right? I imagine putting together a proactive approach to mitigating some of these huge, you know, uh, global consequential issues can be tough. And there are a ton of layers, right? So any final thoughts or strategies on where folks should start and what the best initial steps are to develop these plans and invest in the right tools? Yeah, yeah. I know, as we've said a few times here, it's really difficult to plan for pandemic or unprecedented storms. Um, However, through digital transformation, you can definitely better your business, lower the risks for these unprecedented events. It's it's really important to kind of see what you have starting and and see the gaps that are there from both technology side and the operational side. Once you you determine that, you can better your business by, you know, putting together a plan that includes, you know, into integrating all of these systems together or adapting one single system that can kind of fulfill your needs. So I definitely say, you know, start off by seeing what you have, <laughs> where your gaps are, where your issues are, and where there's room for optimization. And there are a lot of systems out there that can be tailored to your, your business. And I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap the conversation. So thank you again, Sam Stewart, Manager for the Process and Technology Group at Opportune uh, for joining us 
on the uh, podcast and sharing your insights. Again, the article that uh, expands on some of what we talked on and includes some useful visuals is titled Looking Back, Why the Pandemic and Extreme Weather Events Changed the Supply Chain. You'll find a link in the description of the podcast as well as in the blog and corresponding article post. And Sam, if folks want to get in touch with you or they want to learn a little bit more about what Opportune can offer in this regard, how can they do so? How do they get in touch? Yeah, uh, definitely visit our website, opportune.com, and that'll be linked here. And also in the article, uh, there's a direct link to me, and you feel free to reach out with any questions that you have. Um, also, we have plenty of case studies and different examples of how we've helped other clients through supply chain issues on our website, which we will also link in the article. Perfect. I hope our audience gets something actionable from this conversation, but if you still have questions, reach out to Sam, reach out to the team. They're here to help, and they're here to help set you up to maneuver what is likely to be several coming years of unprecedented events. It's hard to even uh, really say what they're going to be, but we can be sure there's going to be something, and better to be safe than sorry. So thanks again, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want previous episodes or you want to make sure you don't miss out on our future conversations, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button. Easy peasy. You'll get notifications when we drop new episodes. And make sure you're heading to our website, opportune.com. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B and we'll catch you on the next episode of E2B.